Watch the headbutts and elbows. No rabbit punches, no low blows. This will not be a clean fight, so protect yourself at all times. The underdogs are coming for the throne. This is the B-Sides Boxing Podcast. We're fucking going. We're, we'll do it live. We'll do it fucking sure. live. Um, got my Bill O'Reilly going on there. Uh, okay. <laughs> Imagine that shit. B-Sides in your feed twice in the same week. Uh, we're going to try doing something a little different today. Less current events and a little bit more broader concept, conceptual discussion. So I will make half of an ass of myself as usual. Okay, so... I'm joined by my good buddy Drip here. It's Drip, not Drip here, you know, but hey. Um, okay, cool. So we have on on our website, we have we're, we started putting together uh, more like readable content and like motherfuckers love lists for some reason. So uh, I pulled Discord, got about 10 answer, 10 good responses, one like clown and so <laughs> i put us together a little pound for pound list based on yeah based on uh, the regulars in discord so let's have a chat about that for just a little bit yeah uh, let's dive into it all right <clears throat> so ushik at number one surprise no surprise no surprise no surprise there yeah I would even if like we're looking at just intra heavyweight, I'd still rate him over Tyson Fury. It might be because I really don't like him. Uh, you know, I just I can't put Tyson Fury in any pound for pound, and that's a hot take. One only one response had him anywhere, and it was number eight. Uh, dude, even that's like just I feel generous. Yeah, feels it. It does seem a little generous. Uh, Given his like recent body of work, uh, even even including Deontay Wilder a little bit, I just, I just think when you fight Chisora, what was it three times already? Oh it's my just god! Like, <laughs> it's like how does that get you a spot on the pound? Pounds? Yeah, uh, that's not at all to say he's not a good boxer, not a good heavyweight. That's it's just he's. Uh, I think Usyk's a lot better. Uh, the skill the skill is there. But I just don't think the um, size disparity. I just don't think the heart is in it for Tyson Fury. Like he's oh, yeah. very, he's very meticulous on. Not I want to say like who he fights, but it kind of comes down to that. Like the recent duck with Usyk. I mean, look, it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It, it was a duck. No yeah, for what sure. Gonna say. And it's like when you when you do that, and you get that kind of backlash from like, I guess your fans are now ex fans, like. Where do you really see yourself now in the boxing's like the former boxing list pretty much? Yeah. <clears throat> Alright, let's move down to number two. Uh just fought recently against John Ryder. Canelo, number two. Uh no, no surprise. Yeah, not too surprised to see him here either. Um another Brit bites the dust. Was it the the Brit basher they call him now? <laughs> is that what it is? I think um, Eddie Hearn said that he's called him the the Brit Basher or some shit. <laughs> I gotta. Well, uh, the name's fitting. I want to try to think of something that is like Mexicutioner. <laughs> I'm still uh, salty dude, I, about that. I I I'm a big Canelo fan, like, but 
whether you're a fan or not, you really just can't deny the work he's put in. What was it like he did four fights? Was it in 2021 or 22 for to get the undisputed super middleweight? 22. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like who really does all that in a year? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm, no, it was 21. That's when he was trying to make up time for COVID. Right, right. Yeah, I think was it the he beat Plant in what was that like September? September of twenty two was Golovkin. Right, right. Oh, dude, that pathetic fight. That was bad. Yeah, that was bad for everybody. <laughs> but I feel like that fight, everyone kind of started bring up the topic of like the decline of Canelo. But I feel like that's a whole topic for another day. <laughs> it is. Or, um, that's something that we might bring up later work stuff I, we, we can definitely get into it because i think it's a hot topic right now just in boxing in general yeah absolutely so yeah this is actually a good time to discuss it better than any or as good as any so john Ryder goes all 12 two rounds canelo scores a knockdown mm-hmm. john Ryder starts leaking in round was it like round two and yeah i think round two or three started leaking yeah he was and that was a lot of blood coming out of his nose that was i've I've seen some bad, like, nose breaks, but holy shit, that was pretty rough. Yeah. I, I mean, some of the articles I read were that he couldn't breathe through his nose, so he was just breathing through his mouth while <laughs> swallowing blood. And I think, I mean, that just makes the fight two times harder. Absolutely. And uh, the elevation was a problem for him, too. Like, I, I know that he went to L.A., but that's not the same thing. No, not at all. Uh, so, John Ryder has, like, every disadvantage and he still goes a distance. It looked to me that Canelo gassed about round nine. Mm-hmm. It's not unusual for him to do so, especially when he like really puts it on in the mid-rounds trying to get the stoppage like he did against Ryder. So you can't fault him too much for that, I think. But nonetheless, like that, him putting, putting the pedal to the metal there, it, it did not yield the results that we expect. He got the knockdown. Ryder looked like he would have stayed down. He obviously he got up, continued fighting, but he got up, he was on his knee and he was like looking to his corner, like, do we want to keep doing this or like I'm good either way. <laughs> if we want to duck out early, I'm cool. You just get the payday and bounce. Um, I think the second knockdown was ruled a slip, wasn't it? Um. Or my, or my trip, and no, I think it was definitely a rule to slip, or oh, he fell over his own feet or something. There was a slip in there, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, either way, like the cards were against him. I mean, that's the thing too. Like when you fight Canelo, literally the cards are always going to be against you, unless you're evil. But <laughs> the cards are always against you. Everything's not in your favor. So for John Ryder to even still go the distance, only breathing through his mouth, probably swallowing a fuck ton of blood. I mean, it kind of paints a picture of like, all right. Ooh, who's kind of nah. fight next and like you know how does it go like if it's um he really wants beefle he wants beefle next is what he keeps he saying is. yeah he was saying in the post fight like i want it i want to run back beefle 175 he can pick the location the uh, size of the gloves or like all the all the stipulation same stipulations that we had before i want to do it again Dude, oh, that reminds me. I was I saw a comment about Bevo just like commenting on Cal one the rematch, and he had like kind of like a starky remark a little bit. I'm trying to find it real fast. It was something about how like Bevo, if he fought him at 168, it'd be better for Bevo because that way he could take his belts. And he was saying how like if he fights <laughs> him again at 175, what's the challenge for him? That's, that's true. Uh, that was at a 
almost it was in the immediate aftermath of the first fight that's when he said that was like because he, he said like i walk around about 180 so getting down to 68 it's not going to be a problem for me right so there you like i would i think that would actually make it a little bit more intriguing it would make it more competitive but i still wouldn't favor canelo with that especially after just like the triple g fight and now this john Ryder fight i just don't have high favors no matter what way it's in that canelo beats people uh in the in the weeks leading up to and the immediate post-fight shows that we did uh mm-hmm. including our mma show we talked about specifically david morell and david benavides those are those two guys are both like uh, number one contenders with interim and regular belts. So, right, those guys are first in line, and their uh, rider was also a interim, like a mandatory number one contender. So, those two guys are like they're not John Ryder. John Ryder is absolutely not on this level. <laughs> John Ryder just—I hate to say it—like just a gatekeeper. He's pretty mid, like super mid. I, He's the same way, like, I was kind of saying how Caleb Plant is. He's just going to be, like, right now, a high-paid gatekeeper. Probably not going to win a title ever, but just be a million-dollar gatekeeper. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, uh, for the exercise that we have coming up in a little bit, Ryder's included Mm. in part of that. Uh, (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, because, like, he's... Because he is that, that... level of guy plant is in the same conversation so let's move down here to number three we got terrence crawford um that's always a hot topic too i know um i put in the blurb that like this is not my choice of the top of the top two welterweights that we have of the current generation he's not my favorite i don't think i i think that he is the second best which is considering who you're up against that's not at all a fault. That's not uh, a demerit to be second best. No, not at all. <laughs> um, nonetheless, the guy has a really good body of work from 35 and 40. But like mm-hmm. 40 was at that time, the, the I think Postal was like the only really good fight that he had. Indongo was funny. Like that was a funny meme just because of his name. But mm. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what I put here is that his run from his undisputed run at forty, like, was it was so easy? Like, you have to wonder: is the division shit? Which kind of yes, or is it that Crawford's just so fucking good? Also, yes. It's that kind of double sword because I mean, yeah. the division still has a half-retired Kell Brook in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, what really is the competition besides Earl Spence? And I mean, even that was a hot take too. It's like, is he ducking Spence, or like, what's the holdup now? Uh, yeah, I will. St- I'm I'm firm in the Spence camp, so I'm gonna stand by that uh, Crawford mm. is the problem. But you know he's, I, he's had I a little bit of like diva issues before. Yeah, I mean, like I said, in a division where you have half done Kelbrook and fully steroided Amir Khan in it, it's like sure you're number one, but at like you know what's the weight of that? Yeah, depending who you're fighting. Yes. Uh, okay. So originally, when I only had nine, uh, Inoue was fourth, firm. 
Um, once I got that last, uh, the last ballot, he now it's a tie. So I kept no, uh, Inoue on top. I feel like Inoue is kind of just like there's no argument. Like he's there. He really just yeah. What can yeah, you say? Yeah, not much to really say. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, he started at 105. No shit. And look, he's still laying guys out like 20 Dude, pounds later. That's fucking that's ridiculous. Be crazy. Just like being 105 pounds like that's gotta be insane dude i can't like i can't remember the last time i was even anywhere near that weight oh goodness um the day like the day i arrived at boot camp mm -hmm. i was i'm six feet tall i weighed 118 and so and that, you were like what 18 at the time uh 17 17 even <laughs> there you yeah. go like What's 105 then? Like, what what age is that as a grown man? <laughs> uh, young teenagers, maybe. Yeah, not much more you can say. Um, so, but one thing I did want to point out was the first four are or were undisputed champions, right? For whatever that counts. Mm -hmm. And number five, Errol Spence. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I can see it. I don't really have much against it either. Like, Spence isn't ducking fights or really anything like that like his resume isn't like terrible either like comparing him to crawford they both fought porter uh they both fought they fought you guys did crawford fight you guys too i don't no. remember kelbrook no he didn't kelbrook yeah they both fought broke they both fought porter i mean i feel like their resumes are similar but i feel like spence is kind of more what the smoke versus crawford is yes yes uh, maybe is. i'm just being biased too because i like spence more um no, I don't think it's really wrong to say that Spence has been more in the mix of things. It also helps being in the PBC family that, you know, you have access to the better welterweights. So, a mm -hmm. little yeah, bit I mean, of lack of access for Crawford, but also maybe don't, you know, sign an extension with top rank. Yeah, I thought Crawford signed to that one, oh, what was it, BLK or something? Yeah, BLK Prime. I uh, forgot about that. That shit house deal. Oh... Uh, yeah, Broner. They signed Broner to like a $10 million contract. God bless anyone paying Broner $10 million. Yeah, no kidding. Like, Get after it, Broner. Uh, okay. Maybe I'll make a comeback eventually, but that's neither here nor there. Now, the next two tied for sixth, but they are stacked the same way they would have been before that final ballot. Bevel at number six. Uh, yeah, whooping Canelo really... Uh, raises your profile to say the least it does it does but has he done enough though to earn a spot on pound for pound at least in that position at number six yeah he's been at 75 his entire career as far as i know since i've been keeping mm -hmm. track of him he's been at 75 and yeah the the names haven't been the best um better Bf definitely has a better resume for sure mm -hmm. and has the hardware too yeah, I mean, what his notable wins are Joe Smith Jr., Canelo, and I don't know if you want to call Ramirez. Ramirez a notable win, but uh, I mean, Jean Pascal wasn't a bad win either. Yeah, what year was that? Because that uh, does make a difference when we're talking about an older guy like Pascal. Pascal was in 2018, I think. Not the worst. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like he. I want to put Bebo on a pound-for-pound pound spot because I am a big fan and I'm watching his career. But at the same time, like 
yes, the Canelo win definitely puts you up there, but the rest of your resume isn't that exciting either. Yeah, I think it's that like honeymoon phase where he just beat the guy, so now he must be some some kind of elite talent. So, so here's a hot take. Into the first four were like you know undisputed champions. You know, is the reason we have guys like Devil on here who haven't really done too much? Is the reason we have them on this because we don't have enough champions who have done enough? Hmm. That's a good question. I'd have to really think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one definitely makes you thinking. But like I said, like I do like people. I think his win over Canelo definitely shot him up there. But really, was it enough to crack even like number ten on the list? Maybe ten. That's being generous. But yeah, if the, if, if the group voted him at six, who am I to argue, right? Yeah. Well, um, what I was, what I thought about him. His, like I, I feel like his legacy is going to be tied not to Canelo. Like that, anyone who's in the know, you know that you knew that that was pretty much Bivol's fight to lose. Uh, right. E- even if you didn't want to let yourself believe it. Rematch, same thing. His like legacy, as far as the sport is concerned, is tied to Better BF. Like those, 100%. those are. The, those are the two. It's not just entirely about the undisputed fight. That makes it really cool. Like for me, being a fucking nerd, that makes it great. But those are the two people that are at the top of the division. If they don't fight each other, like Better Be is about 40. He does not have a lot of time left. Bebo's still no. pretty young. He could let Better Be of retire and then just kind of sweep up the belts against whoever grabs him. It's this is his division for the taking once better BF's gone. So here's that thing with whole like with um better be of getting old. It brings that conundrum of like now if people beat him, you know, there's going to be is those people saying, man? "Oh, yeah, you beat up an old better BF." It's the same shit when um Canelo fought, you know, older Triple G. It's like, "Oh, you beat up a grandpa Triple G." I think the age thing is kind of shitty. But, I mean, it plays a factor, though, because, like, yeah, Better Be of is old. Like, that is going to be a factor. If we're if he wasn't... To me, 40 is when you start getting into that, like, age is a really big consideration. At right. the higher weights, it's, like, getting up in the, like, to the mid-late 30s is not as big of a deal. You think that depends on weight class, too, though? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um... You know, everyone's favorite joke, how old is Luis Ortiz? But, you know, he's <laughs> oh, yeah. not the only old, older heavyweight. He's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilder's getting close to 40. Tyson Fury is too. I forgot. Wilder's like 37, dude. Yeah, he's old. Older. But Older, but Wilder doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. Granted, his resume was a lot of taxi drivers, of course, but his most of his mileage... <laughs> The whole conundrum. Yeah, at to me at the higher weights, it's it scales with the with the weight classes. Like if you're at 115 and you're like uh, Estrada or Gonzalez, you're in your or like early 30s. Mm-hmm. You're ancient. 
for those divisions. <clears throat> but not quite the same thing when you start scaling up. But let's continue here. Tied for sixth, Jermel, Jermel, excuse me, Jermel Charlo. Uh, I think this is Ooh, like criminally low to me. I really so hot take. I actually never really follow this career all that well. So my opinion on him is like kind of likes again. I never really follow this career too much to really have an opinion on him. I would be talking out my ass if I really said I had too much to say about Charlo. Let me let's go through his resume real quick. Even mm-hmm. if just even if we just talk about who he snagged the belts off of. Right. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, he won vacant WBC in 2016 against John Jackson. Can't say I know who that is. Yeah, right. Who was that? Uh, first defense against Charles Hatley. Kind of remember this, but. Mm. Next was that uh, dynamite first round knockout of Erickson Lubin. The highlight reel. Yep. Uh, next up, Austin Trout. This is a uh, like about the be about the beginning of the end, if not like the first chapter of the end of the book for Austin Trout. Uh, he lost to Tony Harrison. That one I do remember. That was a whole entire. Yeah, reel. it was. It was really close. Oh, I think I think that's what made it so controversial, I guess. Uh, let's see. Coda, that was a knockout. Quick little comeback, or a little get back. And then rematch Harrison for the win. Right. Then he faces Jason Rosario. And then Castano after that twice. Castano twice. For Castano. Yeah. Which, to me, that's more a testament to Castano than it is... Uh, Mm-hmm. A demerit to Charlo, but Rosario, just like to put him into a little bit of context, he he snagged the belts IBF and WBA. He snagged those off of J Rock, Julian Williams, right? And then he fought Jermel. Then he, that that weird like jab to the gut knockout, mm. and after that, uh, like he's kind of faded into the sunset here it just fell off until oblivion. yeah it's a kind it actually does take a little bit of the value away from the loss from the win mm-hmm. for charlo i mean whereas like harrison went on to have a, he's had a decent career still yeah i know harrison's still in like still around i know he just lost to uh, tim tizu though pretty badly yes but Charlo at tied for sixth. Um, do you think that's do you think that's too high, too low? I think it's too low. Uh, yeah, just based off his like his resume, I think it's too low. Yeah, like his yeah, his resume is better than Terrence Crawford's. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I wish I followed his career a little more, so I had more say on it. But kind of just going through it and just like being in a mix of conversation about it i'd say he definitely belongs he's a should be higher up on the list yeah like his resume is better than people yeah literally better than people and that's a shade thing though kind of going back to it the only reason if we're being honest the only reason people's really on there is just because it's canelo win yeah like, his spot is cemented because of the canelo one absolutely um that 
anybody who's ever seen him fight before could say clearly that this dude has serious talent, very, very skilled operator. He has that, like, that Soviet style of boxing, like, no shit. But, like, he's really, really good. Anybody who has any semblance of understanding of the sport would already know that. Uh, not sure why it took Canelo for them to figure that out. I still don't know. Like, I think from the jump, everyone kind of gave Canelo, like, some kind of hope. But, like, as the rounds went on, <laughs> that hope depleted so fast. Yeah, my um, pseudo-hopium... I think like round three. I'm like, yeah, never mind. I'm I'm done. I'm done pretending. <laughs> this is a wash. Yeah, this this is. Fuck it. Let's phone it in. Ooh, so that reminds me. Actually, I saw this a while back. I think like a year. No, no, not a year ago. It was a few months after the fight with um people. It was saying how like Reynoso's guys like Valdez and Canelo like Reynoso's great when his guys are winning, but when his guys are losing, the hot take is that Reynoso isn't like you know that great like doesn't really give any instruction like when um Shakur was whooping Valdez's ass there was really nothing from Reynoso other than just stay alive and same thing with Canelo like when um Bevo was kind of whooping Canelo Reynoso just I feel like he didn't have much advice for him besides stay alive don't get knocked out so hmm. that is a hot take I heard about a while back interesting um... does it hold true I don't really know but now that I've heard it and I kind of like rewatch those fights, I'm like, yeah, I mean, there was no really like um, change in like strategy for Valdez or Canelo in those losing fights. Yeah, for the uh, the Bevo loss, that one I did see. I was able to hear like firsthand, like you're not helping him. <laughs> what are what are mm-hmm. you doing? What are you? What is he paying you for? Dude, that, uh, that's just like um, Tio's dad. Uh, Knock him the fuck out, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> yo, yeah. That- I mean, Freddie Roach with, like, the famous, like, we need the knockout son. Like, come on. <laughs> that worked, like, one time, maybe, yeah. ever, but... <laughs> Humble brag for Valdez uh, Stevenson. <laughs> I was in the arena, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It w- I didn't have very good seats. It was in the press row, so it wasn't very good. Yeah, I'm sure the atmosphere was still fun, though. Yeah, it was really, really fun. I, I was surprised at how much fan base Stevenson had in the arena. I wasn't expecting that much. See, that's like another hot topic we could hit on later is like Stevenson's like popularity because I do remember when he beat Valdez, he was like, oh, I'm on pound for pound. And I was like, ooh, slow down, Tiger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get to him in, in a second. Uh, Gervonta Davis at number eight. Ooh, I knew someone was coming, actually. Yeah. I... I want to put Tank on it so bad. Like, he is exciting and everything. And his resume isn't even that terrible, actually. It's not bad. I think he's about proper. Maybe six to eight range. Maybe five, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wish he had some more belts under under his belt. Yeah. For lack of better puns. But I think Tank deserves a spot. Mm -hmm. What I'd say, like, a high spot. Not really, but from what he said, six to eight. Yeah, about six to eight. I could agree with that, yeah. There's really not much argument in that. Like, he is exciting. Solid resume. He whooped Garcia. Whooped Hector Garcia. I know Romero wasn't exactly a big competitor, but that was definitely a fun fight to watch. <laughs> How good that win is will remain... We uh, is, remains to be seen, like, since oh, he's man. coming up. Uh, I think he uh, Davis might also... He... 
being a PPC guy, there's people are oh, certain a certain segment of the fan base is always going to try to find a way to discredit him. I think it's partly that it's uh, he's a victim of his own success. He's just re- he's a much more intelligent fighter than people think, just because like you know he isn't very eloquent, but like he showed that he showed it more than anything against Ryan Garcia. The fir- the first knockdown that was fucking pure intel uh, pure intelligence and pure how beauty. yeah and how he finished the fight was same thing it was just IQ. So side note on that one, do you think Ryan quit? Uh, I'm torn on this one to be honest with you that's what the heavy side is is like I'm not I'm not sure because like I've being in the military like you learn how you have to fight each other like for training you know what I mean like you have to to actually do it so I really know what it's like to get hit somewhere on your body and then Mm -hmm. your your brain your brain commanding yourself to move is not working um but at the same time uh something that made it kind of questionable was almost the immediately after the ref waved his hands he gets up almost immediately oh, yeah. he got up and was walking around so fine like the thing exactly happened. that's what makes me question it like i mean if you want to just duck like you just want to you know like i got nothing this guy hits really hard, and I can't land anything. Like, w- w- there's no more... Th- w- I can't do anything, so what's the point? I think if Ryan hadn't, like... I know it's all business, of course, you know it's media. But I think yeah. if Ryan hadn't talked all that shit, I'd kind of give him kind of a pass. Like, alright, you found the hard way that, you know, Tank hits hard. You, He's better than you thought, but, like, to talk all that shit, and then pretty much... I'm gonna say he quit... I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm gonna say he did. I'm so gonna talk agree. all that shit, yeah, and then quit. I feel like he kind of lose some credibility and some respect. Like I know they talk shit to the media, but I don't know. I just I think talking all that shit and then ultimately quitting just kind of lose a lot of credibility. Yeah, uh, if he's gonna want to do that, he's gonna have to learn how to sell the the quote unquote pain a little better. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he got a fucking, like, a spring chicken on his feet again yeah. as soon as the ref waved it off. He was like, all right, I got paid, I'm done, I didn't get knocked out, like... Yeah. Well, they were they were saying that, like, I haven't followed it too much, but they're saying he had, like, a bruise strip going into the fight, there was, like, a mole in this camp or some shit, and it's kind of like, if all that's true, but, like, either way, bro, like, the fight's done, you lost, like, what you say now isn't gonna change anything. Yeah, then it just turns into, like, excuses. Which, it to me, I would say excuses are worse than quitting. Hundred percent. I mean, if you're gonna quit, like, that's fine. Whatever. Like, own it. Maybe you talk some shit. Whatever. But I think just own Garcia it. tried so hard to like make himself seem like he he was better than he really was. But in reality, he just found out the hard way that like maybe boxing is not for him. Like, is he fast and flashy? Yeah, but like, I think. I'm gonna tell you now. I think his win over Luke Campbell, he got lucky. Lucky body shot. Sure, like was it maybe well timed? Okay, yeah, but he got knocked out. Not, not knocked out. Sorry, he got knocked down in that Luke Campbell fight. He got up and just probably went for the gusto and got lucky with that body shot. But if he got knocked down again that Luke Campbell fight, like you think he would have quit? I don't know. Good question. So I don't, 
don't know. I just, I just think I like Ryan. He's flashy. He's fun to watch. But I just don't think like he's ever gonna really be a champion. He can't. The heel role is isn't for him, like because he's no. he's handsome and he's a, like a flashy social media star. Like, dude, mm-hmm. play play that up. Oscar De La Hoya did it fucking perfectly. Just do that. But the problem was that Hoya was actually good, though. <laughs> yeah, right. That's kind of the problem. <laughs> like, I, dude, Ryan can be good because he's still so young. But it's a matter of, I guess, like, how serious does he take it? Like, everyone looks good hitting the bag. Everyone looks good hitting pads. Like, it all looks good for social media. But, like, we saw him push came to shove. Like, it's awesome. You challenge yourself to take on a big fight with Tank. But it also seems like you kind of backed out, like when you got punched and said, "Okay, fuck, this fight's not for me." Yeah, this is that hurt a little more than normal. Like, like I give him his props. He got knocked down the second, got right back up. Yeah. But I feel like those in between rounds, like after that, he was just treading water and kind of looking to his corner, like, "Yo, like what the fuck do I do?" And Goosen had no advice there. All Goosen did was just dress nice. That's yeah. all Goosen did. <laughs> Nice is a relative term here. Yeah, nice is putting it lightly. (laughs) I'm not too keen on his fashion sense, and we just had that discussion a few days ago in in the Discord. But (laughs) a little bit more on Ryan Garcia and if this sport is for him later. Yeah, for sure. Number nine, Archer Betterbeef. He and Beeble, I think, should be swapped um, where they landed. Mm, Yeah, Betterbeef has a better resume. For sure. Um, there's not much really go about that, really. Better be a never ducked anybody, better resume. Just yeah, I think he earns a spot to where Beevil is, and Beevil should be where he is in like the latter end of the list. Right. Um, so yeah. The only thing that I put like here worth mentioning is that Father Time remains undefeated. So like, he did, getting into the ring with Beevil, he needs to do that sooner rather than later because he's not getting younger, and Beevil is going to continue being as good as he is. So yeah, people's not getting any worse. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to continue being good, excellent, if not improving, which seems kind of weird, like because he's at like a ninety-nine point nine percent excellence rate. Okay, number ten, Shakur Stevenson. Oh yeah, this one. Um, <sighs> I don't like Stevenson here. I would have put uh, Fulton. Yeah, cool boy stuff. Definitely. Yeah, he um, has the wins. Like Stevenson, you have Valdez, who has proven to be kind of lame. Yeah, Valdez was fucking cheats as well. Um, St- Stevenson, I want to like him, but I'm not sold on him. If that makes sense, not yet at least. I do like him. Uh, he seems like a, like a, he seems like the most well-rounded of the like the lightweight crop. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, you can't not mention the lack of power. You really can't. Especially when you have a guy like Tank walking around in the same division as you. Yeah, the lack of power. And this is why I bring up when people say Shakur versus um, Haney would be a great fight. I'm like, it really wouldn't be, though. Like, from a boxing, like, just pure standpoint, would it be, like, very scientific and, like, Highly technical. technical, yeah. Yeah, but it's gonna be boring. Not a lot of punches thrown between them. Probably, I mean, this is a hypothetical, like extreme example. We'll probably like a hundred punches thrown between them in the first six rounds. 
And that's it, it. It reminds me of that meme. Oh fuck, never mind. That's not what I'm thinking of. But either way, it just seems gonna be both of them just circling each other, throwing a shit jab here and there, and that's pretty much it. What's up, fellas? Oh, what's going on, man? Sorry, I'm fashionably late. Um, oh, right on, perfect right timing, time. though. Yeah, yeah perfect, right, perfect right timing. Really well, you were just dot. talking about my favorite hypothetical fight. Haney Stevenson? <laughs> Stricker versus... Oh, dude, I have mad insomnia, and I need to either <laughs> like a THG vibe, uh, vape or a melatonin gummy, and if they just made that fight, I think I could cut both out of my life, and I could just dude, play on replay. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Because that fight will be a fucking snooze fest. Yeah, I can only really talk about it from the, excuse me, like the quote-unquote purist uh, perspective. Like, you really, really have to love the highly technical minutia of the sport to appreciate that one more than you would Tank uh, Garcia. 100%. I mean, don't be wrong. Even, like, I was never a high-level boxer, but just, like, being in the ring and stuff like i'll definitely appreciate that fight but i know it's not a fight i'm ever gonna want to like have replay value with if that makes sense i mean if you're not watching it in reverse quarter speed <laughs> upside down with the volume off in black and white only then are you even really a boxing fan exactly <laughs> <clears throat> all right so that's gonna cut. that's gonna do it for that uh, making good time here. All right, let's kick it off with these interesting fights to make in certain divisions. Let's do it. It's important to note for the listener who cannot see this: these are not including like your top tier guys, like Shakur versus Tank or Ryan Garcia versus fucking Devin Haney, or you know, or Spence versus Crawford. That's not what we're talking about here, because those yeah. those fights are always going to be amazing to at least to talk about, and probably going to deliver in the ring. Whereas there's still that crop beneath that, like that B tier, and that's where we're going to be doing our work today. Okay, uh, you know, I want to start at super middleweight, which is at the bottom of the list, but. So, uh. The six names that I picked, John Ryder, Demetrius Andre, Christian and Billy, Kayla Plant, uh, Beck Jamir Melikuziev, a.k.a. Beck the Bully, and Diego Pacheco. Can we throw in an honorable mention of Billy Saunders? <sighs> Recently <Yes>. unretired. Unretired <laughs> Billy Recently. Joe. Sure. Yeah, let's put him I, in there. I will have to say... Like, if there was ever an indictment on the lower the lower rungs of the top 10 or top 15 of a division, it would be this list. <laughs> this is not rough. rough. Yes, it it's, is rough. It's a rough list. It is. Uh, <clears throat> well, hold on. Let me... I gotta, I gotta crack another beer on this one. Also, full bias, I do have a signed Billy Joe Saunders boxing glove, but that's a side story. What? Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, you can't drop that. Yeah. Why? Where? Where? When? Why? How? Um, So, um, this was like, this was a while back. Um, I saw this guy on Instagram who sells like boxing memorabilia from the UK, 
and um he put a picture of like billy saunders like signing gloves and he was like oh you know we're selling these x y and z and i was like dude fuck it like i'll buy one whatever and that's pretty much it i just bought it it comes with like the signed glove with saunders um a photograph of him like like a certificate of authenticity kind of oh, yeah yeah and that's pretty much it like it's it's pretty cool i definitely pay a lot of money for it more than i should have but it's a nice memorabilia yeah. billy joe saunders though Listen, dude, I saw it and I was like, fuck it, man. I like watching Billy. Because, like, when I was boxing, um, I took a lot of my just, like, style and inspiration from Saunders. How just, like, how slick he is and just so, I don't say an orthodox, but just, like, you know, the hands down, just the, the quick movements. Being well, you'd expect from, like, a Philly fighter, a slick New York right. or Philly fighter. Exactly. So I took a lot of my, like, inspiration from him. Granted, like, you know, boxing aside, yeah, he's kind of a prick. Yeah. A little bit funny here and there, not gonna lie. But... He, has, he has his moments. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I took a lot of my style from him, so I was like, you know what? I like the guy a lot. I'll get a sign glove from him. Like, why not? But that's pretty much it. Not, not much more exciting to it. I didn't like meet him at a bar or something and said, hey, can you sign this? <laughs> I carry a boxing glove with me at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I was tr- uh, right. So, when you have. I think the appropriate nickname for guys like that is supposed to be like white chocolate. <laughs> yeah, is that that one kid? Um, yeah, there Nikita? is there is a white chocolate in the UK right now. I think he's in the UK. All right, yeah, but uh, let's get to it. Uh, in Bealey recently, uh, well, like a, I want to say like a month and a half, two months ago, he was on a ESPN card, ESPN Plus. And he mm-hmm. got into a fucking war with Carlos Gongora. This, right. This guy has a gas tank. Holy shit, he has a gas tank. And he go, he swings for the fences. He does not stop. He is relentless. So it's easy to say that, like, I would say Andre just because I really don't like him. And mm. I would like someone for, for someone to beat him up. But I'm not entirely certain on Mbili. So, with that being said, do you think Mbili versus Plant would be a good fight? It's the same situation as like Saunders, Andre, or Plant. Like the Mbili's not as mobile as they are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's why John Ryder's got to be perfect for him, right? Yeah. That's he... someone who's going to try and stick oh, yeah. to him like glue and try and just, you know, he's tough enough to where, well, maybe, ooh, I just had a very bad vision of Mbili stopping Ryder when Canelo couldn't. But we're going <laughs> to table that discussion. <laughs> I, ideally, ideally, Ryder could stick with him for 12 rounds and they could slug it out and they could, you know, it'd be a, it could be a very entertaining fight um, if they st- stick in the center of the ring and slug it out. That that would actually be something fun to watch. I mean, if it's a slugfest we're going for, I would say, you know, Beck the Bully and yeah. then just... I was going to say Beck the Bully. Um, I He said he kept saying in the promotion leading up to his rematch with Rosado, it was a lucky punch, you know? He got me. Uh, take nothing away from it. But he's not going to do it again. And I think Mbili, either Gongora, his, his, like, skull is made out of, like, adamantium. <laughs> <laughs> or Be- or Mbili doesn't have that much power. Either way, I think Beck Beck the Bully's gonna stand right in his face and Mbili's gonna be there for it. 
Pacheco is a good option too for that for that same type of situation. Yeah, I think either of those matchups sound pretty interesting to watch. Honestly, they, they'll probably all be bangers. Not gonna lie. Yeah, literally. Um, Andre versus Saunders. Uh, that was supposed to happen. Was it? Back. Yeah. Andre yeah, that was a they. I feel like that was scheduled for a middleweight fight like yeah, three or four so, years ago. Yeah, was, Andre was moving up from fifty-four. He was a, he had I think the WBO belt, and then he moved up to uh-huh. sixty, which in the WBO rules, the lower weight champion gets like immediate first dibs at the current champion in the division that he's moving to. Right, and then Billy got popped for a PED. That's why we called <laughs> off. Did he uh, pretend to have like a mental health meltdown, or does is that just is that the other? I think traveler. I don't think Saunders. I don't think Saunders knows what that is, honestly. Okay. <laughs> if we're being honest, like you hear the guy talk, just how much of a dick he is. I don't think he knows what that is. Yeah. Well, you'd think oh, Tyson me... Fury doesn't either. Wouldn't either, given how much of a jackass he can be. But. Eh. Um. I bet that was his, for it. I bet that was his first introduction to mental health is when Tyson Fury said he was going through some stuff and he's like, Oh, I get it now. Uh, if oh, I, okay, so I found it right here. Sorry, go ahead. If y'all if I pop for performance enhancing drugs, I could just say <laughs> that I'm in a dark place and step away from the sport. So if I do a lot of cocaine and almost drive my car off a bridge, there's my there's my out. Just, so Billy got popped for that um, PEDs and he got stripped for a WBO against uh, Andrade and then um, I just saw the article uh, Frank Warren said um, the use of a common decongestant nasal spray triggered the positive test uh, was it um, Dillian White that uh, a, a pre-workout that he picked up at GNC or something is what made him pop for PEDs one time. <laughs> I think for decongestant, maybe, because I know that isn't that stuff used to make uh, meth? I have no idea. I'm not even sure what's in it. I, I, I only know this from watching Coke. I watching Breaking Bad. That's the only reason I know this. Oh, I love Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we continue, either within this division or moving to a different one, we need mm-hmm. to settle on a pronunciation here for on okay. for Andre. I've heard a lot of different ways. Like uh, there was this lady that fought in the UFC, I think last weekend. Her name is Andraj. It's spelled exactly the same. If this, if we were pronouncing this name in Spanish, it would be Andrade. Andrade, as you did, strip. So I thought it was. I thought it always was Andrade, just based off interviews and stuff, but. If I'm wrong, please correct me. What makes me think that it's Andre is because, like, he's he's a Black American, so like that's probably how it would be pronounced there. Has anyone ever heard David Diamante pronounce his name? That's the final answer. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> Holy that's shit! That's probably gonna be our answer. And he will confirm it after he tells you. He will confirm it for you right then and there. God. I'm, yeah, I'm going to look for this immediately when we're done. <laughs> That's going to be our answer, honestly. I feel like I've heard people pronounce it like Andrade. Yeah, Andrade. I've, I've heard that too. I feel like even fight commentators have said that. And Dimitris typically Andrade. they... Yeah, they typically they get it right. Well, let's ask Chris but... Mannix, because he's like his towel boy or something. <laughs> uh, okay, 
what division we want to do next. We got light. We got 35, 40, and 47. Light. Let's do it. Light? All right, 35. Okay. Um, no champions here. We have Cambosos, Isaac Cruz, <laughs> Frank Martin, Michelle Rivera, Yoshino, that dude that uh, Stevenson just beat up, and William Zapata. Warbosos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Warbosos. He, like, he might not, like, he got, he beat Teofimo, like, the, the stars aligned for him, and, and then, you know, he got the fights with Haney and got taken to school. Yes, he obviously doesn't belong on that level, but I feel like these guys here could make for some interesting fights for him. I think Frank Martin would just Wreck. beat his lights out. Yeah. Um... I think Rivera wouldn't actually be a terrible fight for him. Yeah, Kevin because Rivera, Rivera kind of got exposed cool. as being a tier below. Or yeah. Yoshino either. Yoshino also, yeah, he he's durable, but also does Shakur really have power or not? But nonetheless, Yoshino stay like he tries to get in the pocket and stay there. So that's yeah, that'll make for an exciting fight with anybody. And especially for Cambosis, because he thrives off of the counterpunch, right? Like, that's really all he looks for at sometimes. So that would, hopefully, you would think, give him a lot of openings to maybe do a little bit of work and actually be exciting. See, I want to throw a hot take here. I like Warbosis, because he, like, he's got some heart, bro. Like, he'll stand there and fight. Like, we saw with Tiofimo Lopez, he wasn't afraid to trade with him. Um, obviously, we didn't see it much with Haney, just based off the fight styles, but... I'm definitely going to watch another Warbosis fight because I think he is kind of exciting to watch. Granted, he might be kind of shit, but he'll put on a show. I think a lot of the dislike comes from he's like he kind of believed his own hype a little bit too much. Didn't like when he beat Teofimo, I was like, this must mean that I am like the King Dingling of 135. And then <laughs> Devin Haney gets, but, gets called up for the mandatory. But. Now, isn't it the same thing that happened to, to Lopez when he beat Loma? Believe his own hype? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. That, that's what's... Maybe a, a quick aside here. That's what's so hard about these underdog stories is, like, I don't think there's really any story out there where the underdog, like, goes on to have an illustrious championship career. They, they typically get put back in their place. And... You know, it's like, I don't know if that's just the pressure of handling that kind of an upset and like, uh, or if it's just, they were never that good to begin with. And they just, like you said, the stars aligned. Maybe this isn't the best example, but point counterpoint of an underdog coming for the spot and retiring on top. Juan Manuel Marquez knocks out Manny Pacquiao in their fourth fight. Oh yes, Marquez and Manny. <laughs> that he's not Marquez is a fucking legend in his own regard. That he, but in the in the terms of like the that generation with Mayweather, Pacquiao, um, Cotto, like Cotto and Marquez, fucking two sides of the coin there. Like they they were they're extremely good and they would be like generational elite if they were mm -hmm. in a generation without Mayweather and Pacquiao. And uh, Margarito, I guess, for Kodo's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could agree with that. So that, to me, 
Marquez, he's obviously really, really good, so he's not necessarily an underdog, but in the context <laughs> of Pacquiao. Uh, I have to bring true. up anytime I can. Marquez knocked Pacquiao out. And Pacquiao's a sixth division champion, not eight. I mean, it's a it's a sight we're never gonna forget. Just <laughs> and Manny laid out. Did floor. you see that video I posted in Discord? Of uh, it's like f- ten or fifteen minutes of fan reactions. Like they're recording the like they they have all their friends and family to uh-huh. watch it, and like it switches. It goes from Filipino family to Mexican family to Filipino family to Mexican. It's so funny. Oh my god, it's so funny. It is so funny. It feels like it's like righteous justice for me. I went to the Philippines after the third fight, which a lot of people think Marquez won, including me. So I was there and we're sitting there. And of course, Manny Pacquiao comes up because Philippines. And I was like, oh, so should I not tell all of my, you know, my uh, Filipino military counterparts? I am a big Marquez fan. And, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, and that yeah. one of the um, one of the American Filipino American soldiers that was with us. He he told me like kind of on the side of the cake. Don't be too brash about it. You know, like this is like you don't understand how big of a deal he is. Like, okay, I'll, I'll be cool, but. So, like, we actually did have some fun, nuanced discussions about Marquez and Pacquiao. And they actually do have a lot of respect for him. Before the knockout, at least. After a knockout, fuck him. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> My favorite one was... Uh, it was like this big party. I don't know how I got to this guy's table, but it was like a Filipino one-star army general. And we're sitting there, like, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Um... And so we like the boxing comes up. I mentioned that I'm a Marquez fan, Mexican Marquez fan. It's like, oh man, like you know, Marquez, that's Pacquiao's unsolved riddle. I don't know if he'll ever be able to crack it, like like crack the code. Like that, Marquez is just per- like the perfect foil to him. I'm like, yeah, goddamn right he is. <laughs> <laughs> just the biggest grin on your face. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thank you, thank you. Like, I mean. You can't not appreciate Pacquiao, even if you are a Marquez fan. Like the dude's amazing. Oh, for sure. Anyway, sorry that compl- we're completely off kilter here. Uh, oh, good. I mean, I guess to go back to the list, um, Isaac I mean, Cruz, Frank Martin. I was just gonna say that. Um, oof, that's a tough call. To, that's a tough one though, because Frank Martin's like a technician, but, but he's also like he has the physicality. Cruz might yeah. be smaller, but he also, he's like the Napoleon complex physicality. Dare I say, and I, I'm going to dare say it, would that end in a draw possibly the first fight? Hmm. That could definitely be a fight where early on Martin doesn't have an answer to the to aggression. Cruz kind of, yeah, to his sort of pit bull style. Um, and, but he, I, Martin strikes me as the kind of guy he's intelligent enough to make on-the-fly adjustments. I feel like he should be able to adjust to that, but it may come kind of too late to turn the fight around in his favor. That's very possible. I can see that, yeah. He is with uh, Derek James. He's in the Derek James camp, and like he also has uh, Spence as his like immediate mentor. So 
So that means he has uh, Anthony Joshua in his corner also. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is that does that mean uh, uh, Mrs. Amir Khan's in the corner too? Brother, what a what a wild team that is! <laughs> oh, the the nightmare blood rotation. Oh goodness. <clears throat> uh, but no, I think um, Isaac Cruz and Frank Martin probably just wash anyone on that list, except for each other. Rivera. I don't know. Like I I feel like because we were comparing him to his hot like to the tier above him. Because like that's what people were saying he was gonna be. I kind of believe the hype a little bit, but Rivera, if we keep him, you know, don't give him ideas above his own station, and look at him maybe boxing a guy like Yoshino or Zapata, where he's uh, a little bit more a little bit more slick, but still has that like Dominican sort of semi aggressiveness, smart, intelligent aggressiveness. Effective aggression. The, you got a uh, Warbosa's on here, but not a uh, Lord and Savior Keyshawn Davis. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure because I'm nah, I am extremely too, keen on Keyshawn, super super keen on him. So mm-hmm. I felt like it would have been a little bit too much of me trying to shoehorn in him beating everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think on one hand, if just from in practical speaking practically. These are the guys he should be fighting soon. Like, yeah, absolutely. Enough, yeah, 100%. He should be in with these guys. But just with the way boxing works, that probably won't happen, at least for another three fights, if I had to guess. But in a perfect world, we would be seeing him against someone like Cambosis or you know Yoshino or Zepeda. Like, those are guys that he could theoretically go into next fight and win. Because Bob Arum, like, he, the... The old adage, I think it was Floyd Mayweather that said it, that Bob Arum doesn't know how to promote black fighters. Um, but, even if you want to take that aspect out of it, like, fucking Keyshawn is super, super talented. Yes, that's a little bit of my bias speaking, but, um, like, well, I don't know why he's being, like, progressed at the pace of Bob Arum's walking speed. Fucking hurry up. This kid has the goods. Yoshino's, like, perfect. Perfect. That to me is perfect. See, I don't know if he's gonna fight Yoshino next because I know him and, and Shakur are in the same camp, like they're boys together. And if Shakur does beat Yoshino, I don't know if they're gonna feed Yoshino to his boy next, kind of like a, a punching bag. But I could be wrong. With those top ring paydays, I mean, that's true. The yen will talk. <laughs> the yen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, hmm. trying to see what other good fights we got here. Man, 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 I'm thinking about Keyshawn the whole time now. I can't not think of someone else. Like, Keyshawn is my lord Keyshawn and savior. What about what about um Ortiz? Uh, Jaime Ortiz. I mean, he just lost to Loma. Yeah, yeah Jermaine. Jermaine, sorry, not Jaime. Jermaine. Yeah, it's fine. Jermaine Ortiz. <laughs> That's a yeah, yeah. That's a good shout. He actually should be on this list. He should um, be. He actually, there's a lot of really good fights for him here. Yeah, uh, I think he put up Zepeda, a great fight. Him he, versus Rivera. Him versus Cambosis. Those are all like great fights for him. I'd I like to see him against Zepeda. Great fight against Loma. He did. Um, I I was a bit surprised. I I had to keep reminding myself like, 
Lomachenko's been, he was back in Ukraine, not not even like staying warm. He's just tr- not even training in any way. He's just out in Ukraine, you know, doing like, God bless him. Uh, so you have, I, to me, that's what you, ha- I, the context that I needed to keep reminding myself of is like, okay, a year away from everything and you're kind of thrust back into this. Which Jermaine did take good advantage of. He made he gave a good account of himself for sure. Yeah, that was that fight. I think people kind of shut on it because Lomo didn't do as good as they wanted him to. But I think overall that was a really good fight. It was. I guess they were like expecting the typical Matrix bullshit. Yeah, for sure. Which maybe wasn't realistic to expect coming home from you know a war zone, basically. Literal fucking yeah. war. Literally. I mean, even if he wasn't in combat, you can't, you know, I can't imagine the stress. Yeah, and the mental the stress. That. And then, oh, hey, we're going to fly you back out now and get in a boxing ring. <laughs> you know? That fight with the Ortiz, I think, was a good, um, kind of like good way for Loma to get his feet wet. Yeah. And preparing for Amy. It's a good barometer of like, how, like, are you, do you still got it? Like, are you good? Do you need more time? What's up? And that, but that good performance against Lomachenko sets up Ortiz to be in into the consideration of higher conversations not necessarily like on obscure untelevised undercards or something he could be in there with Cambosos or Isaac Cruz uh, I think he mops Cambosos all day <laughs> excuse me um, I'm gonna be honest I've only seen Ortiz fight Lomachenko that's the only fight of him I've seen so I can't oh, same. But I just can't. based off that I feel like I don't know Cambosos like has nothing better to offer than that than Lomachenko <sighs> did well Cambosos is sort of Maybe. he's so limited as a as a boxer is like a certain style that someone needs to come at him with in order for him to really excel um, and I feel like Jermaine could he could keep that fight long range enough never mm. let Cambosos really get into that sweet spot where he wants to throw that kind of overhand right um and you know that's a fight i could easily see him getting you know a total landslide in the punch count by the end of it yeah i think cambosis uh derives like in the pocket to exchange but from a distance cambosis is pretty limited as we saw haney do that to him so with this keeping jermaine ortiz in one slot you guys were talking about keeping it like keeping at range as his means of thriving. How does that work against Isak Cruz? Relentless. I'm not going to throw question. Frank Martin in. I th- honestly think Frank Martin would spark him in like four. Maybe five. We're talking Isak Cruz versus Cambosis? Jermaine Ortiz. Oh, Cruz was... See, that's hard to call because I don't yeah, know if we've ever one. seen any... We've never seen him respond to that pressure. Yeah. Um... Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. I haven't seen him pass the Loma fight, so it's we'd have to do a little bit more. Watch right, the tape. Right. Watch a little more tape. Yeah, I agree. That that won't be hard to call. I guess it'll just come down to like when is he going to crack from the pressure? If he cracks. Yeah, if he cracks. I mean, there's too many unknowns. All right, let's move up to uh, 140. The names that oh, I have nice. here. Hmm? Exciting one. The names I have here are Mario Barrios, uh, Teofimo, B 
because he's unproven at 140. Ryan Garcia, unproven at 140. Antoine, Gary Antoine Russell, Raleigh Romero, unproven at 140. And Jose Ramirez, who had, he was a unified champion at one point, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah, like his flaws were like he was exposed, I guess, to use the the buzzword. So there's a little bit of um, there's a question mark on like what tier does he really land in? So he might be a little bit of a wild card there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, Josh Taylor. No, uh, he he has a belt, a proper belt. Oh. <laughs> a proper belt, gotcha. Not for long, but he does have one. <laughs> See, I don't know because. Can Tio really bang with Josh Taylor? That's why he's here. Like, is he really that proven? I don't know. I think. I'm, all right, this is gonna be a hot take again, but I think we saw Tio's best on the night against Loma. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Is that the one Everything. where everyone said that he started losing round seven on? Um, I don't. I don't I necessarily say, agree I, with I, it. I don't know. I don't agree with it either because I think. Well, he definitely won the twelfth round. Yeah, he won the twelfth no round. About that. I think that but might be Mon- where where it is. It's like the first six and then twelve. I, I think. Know. Granted, I guess we'll go with that. Loma was injured. I mean, he was injured. I guess like with his shoulder or some shit. I don't really know the full details. Well, then so is Ryan I- Garcia, and that's the only reason Tank stopped him. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <laughs> the injuries are real, man. Yeah. Now we're you know going off the injuries and stuff. Um. I don't know. I, I wanted to like Tio really bad, but kind of like I said before, I think he's the one who bought to his own hype. Yeah. I said it before. I think the Loma win was the best and the worst thing to happen to his career. Yeah. Like uh, like we said, like the the, the curse passed on to Cambosos. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, like out of this list that we're looking at right here, I really want to see Teofimo versus Ryan Garcia. Absolutely. Like, Ooh, the yeah. ego, you could sell the, the egos. Hell out of that fight. The like, egos. The two biggest airheads in the division. Arguably in the and, sport, man. And I say that as like, man, I was on, I felt like I was pretty close to the ground floor with Tio, and I thought, like, I'm looking at a future longtime champion. And then, you know, everything that happened happened. But, man, like, if he ever gets back to that form he had, you know, I think he's like, he's a serious problem for everyone, even at, you know, 140. But I just, unless there's like a real shakeup in his camp, I think the real X factor was when he brought in Joey Gamachi. And he was his primary trainer, not his dad. He's like trying to gas him up and like live vicariously through his son, like an actual seasoned veteran trainer Gamache was he, wasn't he a champion uh, a world champion himself yeah he was yeah absolutely I, I'm surprised he doesn't have better like more high like high profile high caliber boxers in his camp I think he had Otto Wallin dude dad won't allow it yeah his dad is like just a stone wall to anything good coming into his life unfortunately <sighs> But man, because Gamachi came on before the uh, the Comey fight, and you saw kind of the beginnings of what you you'd eventually see in the Loma fight. You saw that aggression he had tempered by more. There's more of a patience. There was uh, more of an emphasis on timing. 
right right and it was like like he was like oh my god there's something really special here and then he goes and beats loma he gets covid and then they cut gamachi because they didn't want to pay him while he was out for covid i didn't know and covid that's... fried brain cells didn't they um also <laughs> cut his nutritionist also? <laughs> yeah they did they cut they stripped down everything for that cambosis camp it was just him and his dad that's fucking ridiculous yeah, so, Tio has so much like potential and so much talent. It's just the wrong team. <laughs> yeah, wrong circumstances around him. It's unfortunate. But regardless, if that Tio is ever it is ever possible to see that version again, I think even this version versus Ryan Garcia, like Garcia is defensively deficient enough to make this a really really fun fight and like i said previously the build-up would just be probably as good as the fight itself dude i want to say that tio sparks ryan but i also want to say that ryan sparks tio with like a crazy left hook because i mean i mean not tio's defense is pretty good but i feel like in the sander martin fight it just wasn't there Hmm. trying to He's, he's definitely become more, like, lackadaisical. Like, when he wants to focus on a certain aspect of his game, he can execute it, but he's not consistent with it. So, like, round to round, mm-hmm. you, see, you see him kind of lapse, or almost like, zone out, like he's zoning out. So, like, for these two guys, not just where, do they, where are they actually at 140, but also do, do the circumstances around them change for the better leading into a higher profile fight so like with Teofimo it's like can you can you put your dad in the back fucking seat if not the trunk um, bring Gamache back for Ryan Garcia I think he should go back to Reynoso now that he's been humbled a little bit like go get yourself a real fucking trainer Ugh, that's hard to call, honestly. Uh, for Tio, I don't think his dad's ever taking the backseat. I don't think so, either. For Garcia, it depends how much pride he has. Like, just yeah. swallow his pride and be like, hey, I, I was, was wrong. wrong. I want to so, come back. Sorry, guys. Like, please help me. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to call for either of them, but I think Ryan has a better chance of developing more throughout 140. All right. Question marks. Speaking of question marks, Antoine Russell. Um, I was there for the quote-unquote stoppage of Postal. That was bullshit, a hundred percent. And then was I want to say hit the fight after that was also a very questionable stoppage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, against Bartholomew. That's right. I I didn't want to say because yeah. I wasn't certain if it was Bartholomew or not. But yeah, so like his last two fights have been trash. And but he like leading up to that, you know, I thought, holy shit, like it's it's like uh, the intelligence of Gary Russell Jr. with the aggression of uh, I don't know Desac Cruz. Hmm. Trying to think on this one. So like Antoine, let's let's assume Antoine is who he appears to be just green right. you know like but he's green how does he weather a fellow 
aggressive type, come forward type like Mario Barrios, who, you know, yeah, he can have his face rearranged. <laughs> That's a tough call, not gonna lie. That one's kind of making the surreal spin a little bit. I, I would... I Barrios has I experience with elite I would almost prefer if he went up against Jose Ramirez first. That's what I was thinking about also. going to Barrios because, you know, Ramirez, he's he's a veteran. He's been in yeah. some fights, but we've also, like, there's a pretty clear ceiling on him. Right. And I feel like he's also got a style that would mesh pretty well with Antoine's, as in Antoine's going to have a lot of openings <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to batter the guy. Um, but Ramirez is gonna so, take it and like it's gonna make like you know like a what was it Rocky three? Oh no, he's not getting hurt. He's getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. I mean, he'll, he'll he's not gonna ever let off his gas pedal. He kind of just yeah floors it until he runs out of gas. So I it's, think something like that is a more intriguing fight because with Barrios, he's. He's sort. Of, he's been in some, with some real good boxers, and I feel like his mm. his overall skill set and and kind of the knowledge he's built up is going to be probably a little too much for Russell right now. If that were to happen next, yeah, I agree with you on the yeah, uh, the experience I, yeah. aspect for Barrios. Like Ramirez also has good experience, but like he hasn't come necessarily come out on the better end of it. Like as so meaning like he learned something from it. At least right. it doesn't appear to be to me. Dude, I, that reminds me about Barrios. I saw something after the Garcia fight that Barrios was made to sign like um a rehydration clause against Tank or some shit like that. I know it's kinda like off topic, but I just remember seeing his name. I didn't I know like, that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Barrios was like, I just signed a rehydration clause against Tank also, but I never brought it to light. And I'm thinking like, alright, I guess not everyone's talking about, you know, Ryan's graduation clause and X, Y, and Z with Tank. Now, Barrios is going to mention it too. But if that is true, I wonder how that fight would have gone different if Barrios didn't have a clause, if he ever really did. That maybe is a whole nother can of worms. Because I've been wondering yeah. this myself. How much do those clauses really hurt you? Because you only... There's this, like this misconception that you have to weigh... You can only weigh a maximum of whatever the clause says in the ring but it's only like that morning the next morning 9 a.m right so you have time to hike like you're gonna probably gain five more pounds just in water weight you just Uh, don't have overnight as well to do it that's true so i mean there's a cap but yeah is it i I am curious it's a Uh, slight cap but not as bad as people think it is Yeah, that was just like a, a side note because I saw an article on that. But hmm. Barrios versus Dude, Romero. I was just gonna say Barrios versus Romero. Um, two guys that went against Tank, uh, both obviously lost. But probably favorite, probably favorite Barrios, honestly. I would too. He seems he's been around the block more, whereas Romero's kind of a jackass that whose mouth got him into the ring with Tank more than anything. Yeah, it seems like Romero is better with his words than his hands. Yeah. We'll see I how think he Romero, Romero genuinely gets stopped by everyone else on this list. You think? 
Yeah. Like, wow. He is such a crude boxer. Like, like the only thing he has is his power, and he's only been able to land that power shots on like really bad competition. And and thirty five yeah. guys. Right. Yeah, right, right. Dude, I, I don't know. Keeping it a buck, I don't know if um, Ryan Garcia is beating Romero. <laughs> that's in, that's an interesting one right there. Ryan Garcia and before. Romero. There's that whole there's that footage I'm sparring on YouTube. Interesting. But that was also like five, six years ago, too. So they've obviously evolved. But I don't know. Keep it a buck, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure if I see Ryan beating Romero. Uh, I think Ryan, you have to bring in the 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 same variables of does he go to a better camp, um, Reynoso or otherwise, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't like Romero. I don't know what variables there are there. Yeah, what what oh what camps you under with Romero? I don't just coach. No idea. I I would be shocked if if Ryan if Ryan Garcia lost to. Really, Romero, he needs to like quit boxing. Like, I'm being serious. Like, you cannot lose to Romero and continue like having any kind of world title aspiration. Dude, I don't know. Cause Romero's pretty like unorthodox fighter. Like, he is definitely has a funky ass style, and uh, Ryan's just not that good. <laughs> it's just two of the worst people. But it's like, which one's the better, worst person? <laughs> I just feel like Ryan's offense is just, I mean, he's so, like, if he was, you know, a video game character, all his, he stacked all his points in offense, right? And he's, I feel like he has to, with all that talent, he has to land something before Romero does. You know, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, this, I can't even envision that scene. I, I would, I would genuinely be stunned. I mean, was Ryan landing on a tank all that? I mean, he kind of has some good shots on tank. Round one. In, yeah. in the first two rounds before the knockdown, and then in round six, he started landing more consistently with that straight right. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to throw up Romero and Garcia as, like, a just pure 50-50. Cromwell Gordon Bullet is Raleigh's trainer. What the fuck is that? Uh, no idea. <laughs> Uh, it's Johnny Tuco's gym, whatever the fuck that means. The only Tuco <laughs> I know is uh, tight, 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 tight. <laughs> Such that. a good show. Yeah, I need to watch season six of Better Call Saul. You haven't watched that yet? I have not. I need to catch up because okay. Uh, okay, buddy, chicanery doesn't make sense to me right now. Nobody, wow. nobody goes to the shit post subreddit for the Breaking Bad universe? No. <laughs> I'm too busy no, I'm uh, watching Modern Family. Oh, okay. oh, that needs to be on y'all's watch list. Do we continue anything more for 140 or do we move up to 47? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Ryan G and Romero's a 50-50. Huh. Yeah, pure 50 50, in my opinion. Interesting. <laughs> All right, welterweight. Here's our six uh, Cody Crowley, Royman Villa, uh, fucking, I don't know his name, Stanionis, and mm-hmm. Butayev, who most recently lost to Stanionis, R- uh, Rashidi Ellis, fought uh, Romeo Villa, 
not too long ago. And our Lord and Savior. <laughs> uh, I have him listed as Eggs Benedict, but it's uh, Connor Ben, of course. God bless. <laughs> so, going back to it, that Rashidi Alice fight in a Rome, um, Remain, uh, was it Vila? Yeah. That fight was a banger. I like that that was that amazing. That was, that was a real good one. Ellis had that shit in the bag until he gassed. I, I want to say it's like yeah. eight or nine, and then Via really put it on. Via was like, he got to hit my trap card. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. was, that was a good one. But honestly, oh. let's just let's let's address the elephant in the room, i.e., uh, Eggs Benedict. <laughs> yeah. Uh, assuming that he's fighting clean. He, like, Stanionis and Butayev, they put on a fucking banger. They were the last fight on the undercard of the, un, like, the prelims of uh, Spence Ugas. Mm-hmm. And they put on a banger. It was really, really entertaining. Um, it was that sort of what you would think at a, like, a 10,000-foot view. It's one of those phone booth, like, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. But like, if you're looking at them, the way like um, traps, uh, you and obviously head movement. But there are ways that you can pin your opponent's hands. That uh, Stanionis was using very effectively. Butayev did to a lesser extent. But the way that they were able to like get you were you're like you make three moves in the right direction but turns out your opponent was doing the same thing so now you're you have to take like two steps back to reevaluate it was it it was like that Shakur Haney sort of high level high speed chess type of shit except their foreheads are touching pretty much that's always a good fight though that always makes a good fight it does so Real quick, I, I want to ask: Is there, is there a reason Virgil Ortiz is yes, yes. Uh, on this list? Does he have a belt? No, it's not that. It's um. So obviously, Spence Crawford, top two. But of the of the coming crop, Boots and Virgil, like anyone on this list loses to both of them. I cannot think of. Virgil, he's either going to stop all of them, or he's going to beat the shit out of them for 12 rounds. Boots is going to make them look like clowns until he stops even them. Even Stanionis? Yeah, even Stanionis. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I think uh, Boots has a better, an easier time with Stanionis than Virgil does, but Virgil still would still beat him. I don't see, uh, I don't see Virgil or Boots losing to anybody here. Even including fucking eat all the eggs you want, Connor Ben. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's why I didn't. Yeah, can't argue that one. Whereas these guys have <clears throat> vulnerabilities. Connor Ben, his biggest vulnerability being a fucking moron. So, well, we just talked about two of the guys, or two fights that involve guys on this list, Villa and Ellis and Stanionis and Budiev. What do y'all think about taking the winners of those fights and the losers of those fights? So, be Ellis versus Stan and Budiev versus Villa. How do we feel about those fights? 
Ooh. I think Stanionis probably... I'm not gonna... Well, I think he wins. Uh, I, how? That, I'm not sure. Might, <laughs> might be a late stoppage because Ellis gasses. Uh, he obviously was able to withstand pressure very well. He did it against Raymond Vila. So he's, he can do it. It's just a matter of if his stamina is enough. But now, will Stanionis bring on more pressure than Villa? Or He'll bring on smarter pressure, I think. And now that brings on the question of, you know, is Ellis going to tire out quicker with that? Mentally and physically, too. Because um... I guess you think about it, like, what's smart pressure in a way? Like mental pressure, or make them think more, kind of like how Loma does. Yeah. Or just like, or like Villa did, just full on brute forcing it. Yeah, Villa's like that is that's his mo. Mm-hmm. So him versus Butayev, like that's a, a, a CTE festival. <laughs> I think. I think the fans definitely win that fight. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, hundred. If you want brutality, then this is the one for you. Hmm. I'm not. Man, I'm. I'm really wondering now. I'm really second guessing my my certainty on Stanionis. I, I think I would take now. Ellis. I huh. I like Stan, but I think in that match, if I take Ellis and. I think I would take Budiev against Villa. I would as well on that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you take Ellis over Stanionis. Would you take Crowley over Stanionis? The same kind of like boxer mm-hmm. type? No, I think Stan would, would take that one. He went life and death with Abel Ramos. <laughs> but he also really had, had a really, really difficult situation at home. So... Take that to mean what you will. Uh, man. Man, I'm really not I'm standing on this Ellis. I'm not sure anymore. It's a that's tough a one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good that's one. A, I'm like, my hamster wheel just spinning right now, kind of trying to think about that, it. it. That might be the, the best fight out of all these six, um, I think. Well, hold on. Let's not let's not you know lead out Connor Ben here. Are we making omelets? <laughs> Who's gonna crack these eggs? Uh, I like mine scrambled. <laughs> hmm. Um, I think Villa oh. Villa is tailor made for a guy like Connor Ben. Hundred uh, percent. Butayev to a lesser degree, but still probably gets the win there. Stanionis is a good question mark. That'll be a good fight, I think. I um speaking of our Lord and Savior counter Ben, I saw them. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it too, but like him and Tanker beefing, which is a very <laughs> odd beef. It's oh, a very man. odd beef. That is like two classes like just different. And and now I thought about it, I was like, Ben versus Tank, you know, at what weird weight could they do that at? Well, here's the, here's the weight they can do that. They can do it fully at 147 pounds if uh, Ben somehow gets his hands on, like, the WA regular belt or something like that. Mm. And then Tank could say he won a belt in another weight class. Oh, man. That's how – that's the that's the move. Uh, no, I think I think Connor Ben would just take his head off. You think so? 
I don't know if Connor uh, Ben can punch know. that low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I. That's a tough fight to call because I know Connor. Not that I know, but like, I'm pretty sure Connor Ben would just brute force into a tank and try to take his head off. Try to bully him. And if he if he lands, like, it could be like you know Christmas for tank lights out. Hmm. That's true because Ben but, he's he's campaigned above 154 pounds too, so he's kind of a huge welterweight, isn't he? Yeah, maybe I'm just giving you know Ben too much credit because like I liked his dad, but uh, I don't know. You say huge 140. My normal thinking is to say like a uh, meaty or beefy, but I wanted to say eggy for Connor Ben. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. <laughs> All right, so we had this one with Ellis kind of being of these of this crop, the the slickest, most slick technical type. But yeah. what about Ellis Ben uh Benedict? <laughs> Ellis versus Ben and then Crowley versus Ben. Because oh, Crowley's a yes. bit more hittable, even before his like his family tragedies. Ah, dude, that's a tough one to call. Um, Cr- I think Crowley and Ben would be easier to call. Crowley and Ben is definitely the fight to make because I think yeah. they'll both. They have the they're like similar, to... yeah, similar level of profile. And, and they'll want to do more or less the same thing. So stylistically, they mesh pretty well. Or at least Crowley, he's he's used his last two fights have been, uh, you know, drawn out kind of slugfests. Rashidi and Ben though, hmm. Speedy Rashidi. That that's those are a question mark. So I don't know. Like, what if Ben catches it? Like Rashidi, like what happens then? Or is Rashidi just gonna box his head off all night? Yes, that's what he that he's can do that. He can. Right. It's the matter of like sustainability. This that's could what I'm saying, be like, a uh, this could be a Lara versus uh what's his face? The Englishman. Um Oof. Versus Wood. Oh, oh, that Lara. Those situations where was... he just he's he's getting oh, kind of boxed the whole night, and then he just gets caught with one punch and it's over. I was thinking of the other Lara. I, don't I was know like, why. when did Ed, Eris Lundy Lara fight a British person? <laughs> That's what, dude, I was thinking too. Like the fucking the Air four hundred four came in my head. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he hasn't fought a British person. I I want to see. You know what? I'm gonna go with uh, Rashidi on this one against Ben. I'm gonna go with Rashidi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, think if, I would as well. I yeah, I think so. Ben, if his cardio keeps up and doesn't get gassed, because um, we know Ben's gonna go with the same type of pressure that uh, Villa did. So if Rashidi can either just get Ben out early, because I mean we don't really know how durable Ben is either. He's never really been like cracked too hard. Not, no egg pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Egg um, pun absolutely intended. Egg pun intended. Yeah. I mean, either way, we just. I, there's still some questions about Ben that we don't know. Mm. I wouldn't put it up to. I wouldn't think Rashidi would would stop Connor Ben. Um, if the gas tank holds up, then yeah, it could be uh, close but clear, 
sort of sweep. Crowley, get I think he would get touched a bit too much by Connor Ben, and it would be it would spell the end for him later, not so much sooner like his other opponents have. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna still go with, with Rashidi though. That's my final yeah. take on that one. I'm gonna go with Rashidi on against Connor Ben as well. I will as well. Yeah, that's. So has, does Rashidi beat everybody on this list? Because uh, now do my... we get a rematch with Phila? If he beats Stan, he probably does. Hmm. If he can Crowley, beat Stan Jonas. Crowley's interesting fight. Crowley would be tough. It'd but be interesting I think that's a winnable fight to see how, with like him being more of a technician, he's probably been matched with a lot more boxer puncher like pressure puncher types so how he handles a more tech a, a more of a technician like crowley that would be interesting it's like a what, what like mayweather didn't really fight any technicians in the latter half of his career um somebody i don't remember his name but in discord pops in like every couple of months to say that uh, canelo won't fight a black fighter ever <laughs> Wait, who? Who is this? <laughs> uh, That's RGF's bit, isn't it? No, it's LZ. That's what it is. LZ. Yeah, um, he stands hard for uh, on- Andre, saying that. Oh uh, lord! That oh, no. Can- Canelo won't fight a black fighter, oh, especially get a, get a not Andre. Again, Can we get him a GoFundMe for like mental health? It's uh, it's funny in general whenever there's a lot of you know gray grays in the chat because right. they, they they bite they always bite they can't help themselves but it just like off days it's like Tuesday afternoon bro stop like you don't have to commit to the bit right now you can just be a person right now it's fine. So it gets it gets a little stale when it doesn't when he's relentless. Hmm. So if that's the case, then Connor Ben will never fight it. Well, he'll never fight a black fighter. <laughs> he's got he's trying to avoid a skilled technician like Rashidi Ellis. Alright, no matter what matchup you put these six guys in, whatever iteration of them you want. At All about the fights. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I want to say round four to six. You'll hear Boots' music and he's running to the ring with a steel chair. <laughs> and he, he beats them all. It's easy. <laughs> all and right. Now, where's where's uh, Crawford in uh, in all this? Um, Crawford and Spence are fighting on top of Hell in a Cell, and uh, Crawford's gonna get thrown 16 feet through the announcers' table. And then ah. Ben jumps up with the chair, <laughs> hits Spence over the back of the head, <laughs> and then Ben's Connor Ben's your champion now. 
<clears throat> All right. like the, the nightmare blunt rotation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, man, I can do that shit all day. Uh, hold on a second. Okay. Now, some just some quicks, some quick points before we get out of here. Uh, we already mm-hmm. talked about in the previous episode that we released, we talked about these fights. But uh, Johnny Beck, fucking last name, versus Stephen Butler, the champion versus... <laughs> It's, it, Sorry, go ahead. No, it, it's something that it's, it started with um, on Ultimate Fucking Casual, where like I I honestly don't look up how to pronounce these names. I don't, and so I I'm reading down the list and I get to one. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't know how to say this. So this uh, is definitely an oh fuck name. Yeah, it's uh, Johnny Beck last name, the WBO champion at 160 versus rank six um wbo rankings are garbage so that's probably going to be an easy night jason maloney versus vincent astrolabio one and two for the vacant wbo bantamweight that's kind of a fire last name astrolabio it's pretty fire um rgf calls it a space pussy Astro, oh god! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, got there in the uh, end. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah you got me. Yep, that's uh, th- that was a good one. Like I, I, I was definitely taken aback when I first heard it as well. That is only an RGF comment too. <laughs> um, d- anything? Any uh, comments on either of those two? Baloney. I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't really follow them all that much to have any comments on those will i watch of course (laughs) yeah same i'll just say i hope janabek wins i know he's not i know realistically speaking he's not that good but i want him to be good i want janabek to become good overnight so 160 is pretty light so like the field's pretty clear Right, but as soon as like someone with actual like Jermel Charlo, exactly, yeah, <laughs> I mean if he ever came back, he'd wipe the floor with no, him. No, Jermel moves up to sixty. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that would oh, yeah, he'd come camp pretty quick. Uh, okay, one more on May thirteenth as well in Vegas. Rolando Romero, who we talked about versus Ismael Barroso. This is rank 5 and 1, respectively, for the WBA Interim 140 title. Mm. Uh, Barroso, for being ranked number 1, like, this is I, probably the first time I've heard about him. To me, that's pretty telling. Yeah, he's not a very popular name, it seems like, because I had to look him up before. Like, when I saw Rod was going to fight him, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He also looks very unfortunate in his box track photo. Uh, oh no! I gotta look that up too. Yeah, RGF pointed it out, and I was like, "Man, what are they doing to you? Look how they massacred my boy." Boxrec, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that is god. an unfortunate photo. Unfortunate. Oh. oh my lord. Yeah, pretty bad. Wait, he's forty years old. Yeah, forty. He looks uh, like 50. Photo of Barroso? Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Like oh, he, no. Oh, it, no. It's oh. pretty rough. While you, while you look that up, let's move down real quick. May 17th, Wednesday, 
It's a Pro Box Wednesday Night Fights card. Those are usually pretty fun, so I recommend to anyone listening to check it out. It's only like $2 a month, or like 20 bucks for the year. It's it's worth it, I'm telling you. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, okay, and May 20th in Dublin, Ireland, Katie Taylor, the women's lightweight undisputed champion, takes on the women's 140 undisputed champion, Chantal Cameron, and Cecilia Breckis has not retired and is fighting the for the 154 WBA title against Terry Harper. The meat of that weekend will be uh, at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada, Devin Haney, the undisputed 135 oh, champ, yeah. versus Vasil Lomachenko. Um, I stopped to look these up. In the IBF, WBA, WBC, WBO, he is ranked third, third, first, and first, respectively. So, he's not. they're not just putting him in because he's a name. Now Let's talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. What, what do you what do you got to say? What do you want to say? What did you pick a team on uh on Discord? Oh, uh, there are teams on it already. Yeah, even check. Haney stands mm. and Bromachenko. I'm gonna. Oh, uh, well, that's gonna answer my question here. But honestly, I'm going Bromachenko on this one. Bromachenko. Yeah, let's go. The team. Yeah, I. A lot of people are counting Devin out. That's pretty wild. And I'll tell you why. This is my take on it. I just don't think he's experienced enough. Like, there's hmm. still questions unanswered about Devin Haney. Like, okay, he's got the skill, but is his power there? No. Can he really can he take a punch that well? We saw a washed up Onaris rock him. Yeah. And he held on for dear life. And now we know Loma's not really a power puncher by any means, but that pressure as well. Like, he'll all... almost. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, if he get, he's. If his agility's still there, he'll get you out of position enough to catch you clean plenty of times that it'll add up. Exactly, but that... And also, Loma likes to fight dirty in the pocket. So, I, I just don't know. Like, Haney likes to tie up. Loma likes to fight dirty in the pocket. So, it, I feel like it's just tailor-made for Loma in a way. I, maybe I'm just being biased as well, but I'm having a Brochanko on this one. I, I agree. Uh, with that a lot and I think my only question in this fight is what kind of Loma are we seeing because if if it's the Loma that showed up against Ortiz I I think unfortunately I have to pick uh, Haney but Mm -hmm. I do think that that's not what Loma all Loma can be going forward I do think being in boxing uh, for a couple more camps since you know training more uh kind of getting back into his rhythm getting back into fighting shape i think that we're gonna see something closer to you know the lomo we're used to even if he's not fully back i think he gives haney a lot of stylistic problems and i think in the clinch he's he's very good at you know you see some of these highlights where he someone clinches him and he's able to wiggle out of there and as he's getting out he'll throw an overhand and you know get the guy off guard and then that it's his opportunity to jump back inside and start something else. And I just don't know how Haney's going to respond to that. I feel like he's kind of got his one way to win. That, that's what I'm saying. I feel like Haney is just too unexperienced for his kind of a fight. And this is kind of, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like also another stars aligned moment where Haney beat Cambosis. Not so much stars aligned. We know Haney was going to kind of beat Cambosis, but stars aligned in the sense of like, all right, Cambosis is a shit champ. 
Let me go beat him and become champ. Hmm. Right, and he's almost kind of... I mean, he was kind of on his own hype before that, but now he's sort of like... Now that he's got all the belts, he's like, you know, calling out Tank and, you know, talking trash with Ryan Garcia, and it's like... I don't know if you want to be talking about uh, this guy. I'm not sure if uh, Tank's the right one for you to be. But that's what I'm saying. Like, is Haney <laughs> going to be another case of these guys at 35 who just bought into their own hype? Um, One can only hope. Huh. It would be interesting to see if the field clears a little more at 135. Uh, hmm. Is Tank Shakur? Is that going to be the... The ultimate boss battle. Oh, um, I, th I think so. I think it is already. Anyway, Devin Haney, notwithstanding. Tank and Shakur. That'll be a good fight. But who do we who do we have for that one? Like, how's it go? Uh, Tank sparks him in the first thirty seconds. That's it. Done. <laughs> Done. The fight's over. Like, I, I'm glad. Thank you all for your seventy four ninety nine. <laughs> oh, dude, I hope not. That's I, ho I, pricing. Yeah, I hope so. I hope not as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. But I mean, just yeah. Going back to it, I'm gonna put my chips on Bermachenko. I just don't think Haney has the experience or the power to keep Loma off him. And I mean, for being honest, Loma seems pretty durable. Like, yeah, he did kind of get mauled by TFMO. Not mauled. I shouldn't say that. He get, took some punches from Lopez. Jaime got him a good, oh, I mean, Jamie got him a good time, and he did get mauled by Salido. Yeah, on his nuts for sure. Hey. Poor guy, he's definitely having no kids or whatever. But I don't know. I'm just gonna go with Romachenko. The experience is there. Um, they all say like his age is gonna catch up to him, but if we think about it, Lomo's in shape like all year round, constantly training. So how much does that really affect him by age if he's consistently always in shape? He hit up Tom Brady for his uh, recipe to the youth, the founder youth. <laughs> and he he is also a pro with a pretty short, like, you know, he spent a lot of his time in the amateurs, right? He's only got, what, 15 pro fights? So he's he's older, but he doesn't have, like, the wear and crazy tear. ring mile. Right. He's not been in, like, a lot of wars either. So he's not he's not got the ring wear that, you know, someone his age might in another weight class question on this if Lomachenko loses what will be the excuse that everyone's gonna start making because anytime every time Lomachenko's lost there's always an excuse what was, what was this Salido? Salido was the nuts which like oh. like dude it, okay if you're getting punched in the nuts and the ref's not saying anything you start punching him in the nuts <laughs> it's really fucking simple. If he's hitting you there, it must, and no one's saying anything, then it must be allowed. Go for it. Don't give me any of this honorable fucking gentleman bullshit. Lomachenko's a dickhead. Is he really though? In the like, ring, yeah. That was actually well, in the, that was oh, actually, the ring, yeah. I, I will say that was the turning point for him. Going forward, he became a much dirtier boxer. Yeah. When you realize that's kind of it's what allowed pro, being a pro is about. Position yourself properly where the ref can't necessarily see it, and fuck it, let him fly. That's what happens. Yeah, because I was only asking because I heard he was a dickhead like outside of boxing too, but that's a different story. Yeah, I've I've heard the same as well. That he's 
when he's interviewed in uh, Ukrainian, he's really arrogant. But whatever. Uh, Alright, so you guys are both going with Lomachenko. Um, for me, it, this is, has nothing to do... This pick has nothing to do with skills. I'm going with Devin Haney, just because I don't want Lomachenko to be an undisputed champion. <laughs> That's it. Fair enough. I have no other reason. That's not so, even really a valid one. So okay, wait. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, what What if I can make this a little bit of an easier pill for you to swallow, Leo? What? Um, what if Loma becomes undisputed champion and then fights Tank next? God damn it. Oh. Yes. Is okay. that, can we sacrifice Loma to Tank's like rising glory and make Tank undisputed if just for one fight Loma could be undisputed champ? Yes. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> In that case, he's all in for it, dude. My my disdain for Lomachenko is not as good as my love for Tank. It's not as big. Um, all right, let's move on. Baloney brother number two is fighting. He's ranked number two. Junto Nakatani, ranked one. This is the vacant WBO Superfly. <clears throat> and lastly, Oscar Valdez versus Adam Lopez. This is a non-title fight, ten rounds. I'll be honest, I had no idea Valdez was even fighting. Yeah. Valdez, I don't know if he's even on like the, the pay-per-view portion, to be honest with you. I think he might be the headline of the prelims, which is kind of sad. Oh, man, Shakur really ruined his career. Yeah, no sh Well, no, Valdez and Reynoso ruined his fucking career. <laughs> True. Oh, hey, he's... His career was ruined before he even fought Shakur. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, no, he's like, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's got me at the end of his jab, and I don't know what to do. Do it for your country! <laughs> Bro, I need actual advice here. Is the, uh... What was... Just, what was just knock him out, bro. Abel, Abel Sanchez, yeah. yeah. Just, hey, just go knock him out. Yeah, just, and Teofimo Sr., same shit. Knock him out, bro. What the fuck's wrong with you? Bro. Dude, that's my that's that's my favorite like just line from <laughs> like boxing history. Just knock him out, bro. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Man. If only wow, why didn't I think of it before? Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Oh shit. No kidding, Pops. Knock him out. Them. Fuck. What was I supposed to do before I what, I don't even know what I was trying to do before. Thank you for Should I should I be breathing during the rounds too, or should I be like holding my breath the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, where did my hands go? I don't know what to do with my hands. Oh, man. Uh, okay, I think that's going to do it for us this evening. This went on a lot, holy shit, a lot longer than I thought, but still, oh, yeah. very good. Um, I'll, I would like to do these more. I'll have to maybe trim down how many divisions we talk about. Or cut out the uh, preview stuff. But, oh well. <laughs> Nah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was fun. Um, maybe next week or a week after, whatever. We'll see. Uh, real quick, the plugs, 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 plugs. Um, actually, Oscar Valdez's opponent, Adam Lopez, did an interview with our good buddy Pilot over at Ring Gang Radio. So if you want to go listen to that, that's where you can find him on any platform. Uh, let's see. I do need to get Asus on the line at some point to talk about Canelo. 
and that'll be boxing in espanol ultimate fucking casual if you like you uh ufc and mma uh i'm the ultimate fucking casual because i don't even know how to say these motherfuckers names <laughs> um let's see if you are taking a shit and you need something to read wayside monthly it's on our website you can read all of my stupid opinions on boxing and mma and lastly my buddy ryan real deal cinema uh the dude loves movies so yeah go go good give it a listen and enjoy that gentlemen parting words um it was great let's do it again soon and um yeah that's pretty much it nothing too crazy on my side yeah good time as always thank you for having me Oh, I was expecting a good old Buck Tyson Fury. Uh, I wanted to leave that for you this time. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's all yours, brother. Thank you. I was, I kind of, I suspected that might be why you for, you left it out. So yeah, Chief, if you're listening, Buck Tyson Fury, twice. And uh, we need a status <laughs> on Brock. Where is he? I've, did you see the name of the task force? <laughs> it's in the show notes of the last... Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, the casual. Oh, wait, 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 side note. Why is um the Discord like the thing that says the uh, RGF plus the Z's pack watch? <laughs> oh, they were uh, Ryan Garcia. They were cheering for oh, Ryan Lord. Garcia. Oh, poor bastards. Yeah, I was too. Just I thought it was oh, that's better what, for the sport. That's my new name at work is Poor Bastards. <laughs> the data engineer team has been renamed to the Poor Bastards. So where did the you said All the right. task force was named somewhere? Yeah, I don't see it on the show notes. Episode description is at the end world task force brock returns to us valiantly (laughs) (laughs) oh man and that's a chief inspector chief uh (laughs) look forward to the story of his harrowing rescue uh next week on ultimate (laughs) effing casuals uh that's a two weeks two weeks yep all right uh yeah enough uh insider jokes Thanks, guys, for joining me this evening, and we will see y'all next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, man. All right. See y'all. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed, or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833 833- Five eight nine seven six three seven. That's eight three three Lux Pods. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.